Welcome to the Boss Life with Bond podcast, hosted by yours truly, Siobhan Bonnie Patterson. From struggling single mom working as a server to successful entrepreneur, master at manifestation, and your mindset mentor, I'm here to help you master your mindset, let go of limiting beliefs that have you settling for less, and help you step out of your comfort zone and into your highest, most evolved, and abundant version of yourself. Each episode is your personal dose of mindset and manifestation training to help you create a life where you're the boss. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What is up, guys? Good afternoon. Coach Bonnie coming in hot with the new microphone. Do me a favor. If you are watching this on Facebook, that means that you have my backup account added. Do me a favor and share this. Uh, going live has been something that has helped me grow the business exponentially. What's up, Kev? And since Facebook has made it so that I can't go live, uh, it's making it really, you know, it's just put a little strain on the business. So if you love what I'm talking about, if you love the value that I give and you're watching on Facebook, do me a favor and share this because I can't go live on my regular page for another four days. It's been almost an entire month. That's that's just rude. Anywho, let's get into today's message because this is something that is prevalent amongst all across the board, across my life coaching clients, across uh, my weight loss clients, everyone kind of gets stuck when it comes to doing what they really want to do in their life and chasing the the goals that they want to pursue. And I'll give you a couple of examples. What's up, Sierra? Thank you so much for being here, girl. You're the realist. So how does this? How have I seen this come up? I've seen people who have started programs and quit because you know life gets hard. Life happens, and they're so embarrassed that people will talk shit about them, so they don't try again. In, or they just sit down for the for the rest of whatever. Yes, like such a good topic. Um, so I've seen that with people in their weight loss. Like they're afraid to start and try again because it didn't go so well the first time and they're afraid of what people will think. With my life coaching clients and people who are trying to start a business, I have seen this. This is probably easily one of the biggest things that holds so many people back. And to be honest, I'm going to give you the two like tips for like why it didn't really affect me or how I used my weakness and I used my pain uh, for my purpose. So when I was younger, I got made fun of a lot and not just like, you know, normal stuff. Like, yeah, in elementary school, I had a girl that would like kick my shoes. And like, I remember I got a brand new pair of shoes. We have a lot of money. And so my sister's friend's mom took me and my sister to Just for Feet. Y'all remember Just for Feet? All right. Probably not. Well, some of y'all do. But we went to Just for Feet and they got me a pair of Nikes. And I was so excited because I don't think I was wearing a lot of name brand shoes. And when I went to school, the bully of the school, who, mind you, was much smaller than me. That's actually a key point. I'll need to write that down. She was such she was so much smaller than me and I was so much taller than her. But she bullied me and she kicked dirt all over my shoes and she stomped on my shoes and it really hurt my feelings. And she always did stuff like this to me. And so that was, you know, normal kid bullying stuff. In middle school and high school, I just got a really bad reputation, you know, the kind of bad reputation that girls can get. And it was very hard to shake. Like it took almost my entire like adulthood for people to stop looking at me and talking to me like I was trash and like I was nothing. So what did I do? This was definitely a coping mechanism for sure, but it helped me survive. And I just learned to block people the fuck out. 
Like people everywhere I go, people were talking shit like, oh, that's so-and-so's ex. I heard that she did this or, you know, that she did this. I heard like every like throughout middle school and all throughout high school, everyone had something to say about me. My name was in everybody's mouth. I was getting into trouble all the time. Everyone had their own stories about me. So by the time I was about 15 years old, I had learned to just be like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I'm not like everyone has something to say about me. Everyone is judging my life. Everyone has called me like, you know, a hoe. They've called me this. I've been called everything in the book and made fun of since I was a little girl. So by the time I became 15, I really didn't give a fuck anymore what people said. Like, did it hurt? Yes. But I had built up such a hard shell or built up this defense mechanism where I heard negative things and I would just like block them out. So that's a gift and a curse. But that's how I learned to stop giving a fuck about other people's opinions. Because if I did, I would never have left so many situations that didn't serve me anymore to create the life that I'm still currently living myself that empowers other women to do the same thing. So if this topic resonates with you, whether you're watching on Facebook or whether you're watching on Instagram, drop some fire emojis or heart emojis if this topic is something that is near and dear to you. How to stop giving a fuck about other people's opinions so that you can live the life that you want to live, right? The biggest, I want to share this story, then I'll get into my three points and then I'll be as fast as, you know, faster than I usually am. So when I was getting ready to, in 2019, I love you, Sierra, you the realist. What's up, Jaylee? Um, when I was getting ready to, to move out of the house that I raised my kids in, it was a townhouse and it was super affordable. I don't know how I got in there. It was the Lord. I really literally manifested that place because I did not have good credit. There was no reason why they should have rented to a single mom who worked at IHOP, who did not have good rental history, but they rented to me anyways. And I raised my kids there for like eight years. And eventually the property got bought. They wanted to renovate it and they raised the rent and they're like, oh, also we don't want to renew the lease because you brought in this pit bull that you said was your ESA. Get the fuck out. So it was time for me to either uh, find another apartment or find another place to live. But I was at a crossroads at that point. This is, I had started coaching at this point. I had, I was, I was doing the whole working 24, I was working at the gym Monday through Friday and then working doubles on the weekend at the restaurant serving so I could make up for the lack of income. And I was also training people in person, driving all over Orlando. And I was also taking life coaching clients, driving to them sometimes. So I was working seven days a week, trying to build the business, the fitness coaching and the life coaching. And I was, so, I was like, I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm like, I've made it this far. Like I never, I didn't know how I was going to get out of serving if it wasn't with my degree that did not get me out of serving. So like, I can't stop now. I cannot stop now. But I was looking for places to move. And I was also at a point in my life where uh, several of my friends were buying houses and they were getting married. And I was just really like comparing myself as a lot of us do. And I was like, dang, why don't I have a house yet? Dang, man, I, I let go of the whole being married thing, right? I started to just love myself and focus on me. But the whole not having a house thing and being in my 30s and my kids still sharing a room and they're both big boys at this point, I was like, no, getting a three bedroom has been on my goals since 2011 and I'm going to do it. And so I started looking for a house and I found a house that was close to Universal, which is where I was serving at the time. And it was in my price range. It was a townhouse, just like the one we moved out of. It was comfortable. You hear me? It was comfortable. It looked just like what we grew up in, uh, what my kids grew up in it being a townhouse. It was right next to Universal and it was in my price range. But something in my soul was like, if you go there, if you buy that house, and I had put the offer up in everything, if you buy that house, 
when the economy crashes, which it will, because that is just what happens. It, this is cyclic, like the economy goes up and it goes down. When it takes another dip, what do you think you will prioritize? Will you prioritize your business? Or will you put your focus on picking up as many shifts at Universal that was literally like killing your body and your soul? And I'm like, I'll probably um, prioritize the mortgage. And then I won't ever focus on my business. What's up, Kathy? And I have seen too many people do that. I've seen one too many of my friends um, say they're going to start their business and then life happens and then they don't. I've seen so many people that I love, members of my family start so many ventures and then they don't keep going. And so at that point, like I was like Eminem, I was like in the, the you know, like it's, it, if you only have one shot, you know, like I, my back was up against the wall. I was like, get this home and prove to the world that, you know, a single mom that waits tables can buy a house or or put all everything that you fucking have into this business. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to put it into the business. I don't care what people think. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And that's when I made that tough decision to move back home into my mom's house where there was no space. So I moved into the garage and then I had to send Andre to go live with my grandma and Danny to go live with his mom. It was the toughest decision I ever made. I was embarrassed that I, you know, looked so seemingly successful one month, right? One month, I, you know, I've got, well, not one month, but you know, the, the a few months before I've got this, this townhouse, I've got my coaching, I'm working at the gym, I got a good job at Universal, I'm going on all these vacations, I have clients, like one month my life is looking great. And then the very next month I was like, you know what? We're not gonna go in that direction. I'm gonna move back into my mom's garage at 30 something years old so I can start my business. And I can remember at that time, again, my friends are buying houses. All my friends are living in um, like luxury neighborhoods. And, 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 and I was going on vacations with them and trips to server life. You know, you make like $400 in a day, like you, you could pay for a, a flight, like in a shift, whatever. So, but, and I went from that to, to downgrading my life. And I remember when I made that decision, I put a post on my Insta on my Facebook and I left it in the highlights for a long time. And it was, if you can't downgrade your life for a year so that you can create the life that you really want, you care too much what other people think. And I remember I held on dear to that. I was like, I don't care if I feel like I downgraded. I don't care if this is embarrassing that I had to move back home. I do care that I had to put my kids, you know, send them to live separately. What's up, Charlotte? I do care that that, but I didn't care what other people were going to think of me. I didn't care if people were going to judge me for moving back home with my mom. I didn't care if I didn't have the house. I knew that in my heart and in my soul that I was called to start this business that I'm, that I'm now currently growing. And so I did it. And so the things that hurt me the most in life, getting made fun of, being bullied, being called every name in the book all through high school, gave me that hard enough shell to be like, I don't give a fuck what you guys say. By the time I was like, side note, for those of y'all that don't know my story, by the time I was 16 and 17, I was like trap queen, running circles around dude, make, make dudes all over the block. And those same dudes that used to talk shit about me and call me a whore and say all kinds of mean things to me were the same ones that were buying weed from me or asking for me to front them. So I had learned how to not give a fuck about people because like in the end I win. In the end, I'm on top. You can laugh now. You can talk shit now. But I believe in myself so much that I'm always going to win. So that's what fueled me to make those tough decisions. So I'm going to give you three tips for how. Sorry, that was such a long introduction. Thank you. Thank you, Sierra, for always showing love. Um, I'm going to give you the three tips to not give a fuck about what people think, especially if you didn't go through what I went through, where you just learned to be like, fuck them. All right. Number one, start like hyper focus on your vision. 
when it came down to Bonnie, are you going to keep the offer on the house or are you going to, <laughs> are you going to put the offer on the house or are you going to pursue your business? All I could think was, I'm going to have my own business and I'm going to be life coaching women and I'm going to be changing lives and I'm going to be speaking on stages and I'm just going to create this movement. And that's all I could think. I was like, I don't know the steps. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know every detail, but that, that, that's not my job. That's not my job. God, you put it in my heart. That's what you want me to do. So... I'll, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. I, and none of this makes sense. But every time I put one foot in front of the other, every time I put one foot in front of the other, it's like the path lit up. And there were times where I put one foot in front of the other and it seemed like there was a block. And that was always his way of saying slow down. Or that was always his way of saying not yet. Right. Hyper focus on the vision and you won't have time to worry about other people are saying I'm sure like I know that I know that I know when I first started making content and even now still because I'm trying new things with content. I'm always growing, always learning. I know that there's people looking at the the things that I made in the beginning like what the fuck is she doing? Or oh god, like that's cringeworthy. Like when I go look back at some of my first lives, they're so cringeworthy. Uh, but now people who didn't see where I started are like, how are you so comfortable on camera? And I'm like, well, I've been going live almost every day for like the past five or six years. So you're going, there's going to be a level of mastery and a level of competence. And one of my key phrases is you don't get confident without competence and you can't get competent in something unless you fucking start and you practice. So I've been practicing for this and I've been focusing on what I want and not what other people want. Because meanwhile, while I'm over here doing doing the shit that they're too afraid to do, they're still at their job that they hate. They're still in their marriage that where they're not happy. They're still unhappy with their weight. They're still doing all the things that they said they hated. And I was there complaining with them, but unlike them, I put one foot in front of the other and I hyper-focused on my fucking vision. Okay. So tip number one, hyper-focus on your vision. Tip number two. Thank you so much, girl. She said, you've grown so much. Thank you. Like that. I thank you. That means the world to me. That means that like it's visible. That means that I'm putting in the work. Thank you. Number two, remember shadows. Okay. What do I mean by remember shadows? Remember that when people are uh, projecting things on you, that is their shadow. When people cannot handle your light, and I need you all to understand this because sometimes we get caught up in this, well, I'm not that kind of person. Well, I'm only this kind of person. She's not that kind of person. I'm only that kind of person. If you are like deep into woo-woo, uh, you understand that all of us are everything. Everything, every emotion, every character trait, we all have it within us. So some of us, it's dormant. Some of us, it's alive and well. And at all times, we can be all things. So... I, great example of this is that the other day, like a few weeks ago, my grandma called me cheap. Uh, she sells eggs and I brought over like 10 things of, what are those things called? Egg cartons for her uh, so that she can sell her eggs. Also, if y'all are local, my grandma's got a, uh, she's got a farm in Oviedo, support local business. And I, I, she asked for a five and I didn't have a five and I pulled $2 out because it's the only cash I had. And I gave it to her and she laughed and she's like, oh, Bonnie, you're cheap. And it made me so mad. It made me so mad. And I was like, why the hell did, like, I'm not cheap. Like I, I like, and I'm just, you know, pointing to all the things I've spent money. I'm literally here on two different cell phones right now. I've got an iPad. It's sitting on top of a MacBook. I have an Apple watch. I have a new car. I just, you like all these reasons why I'm not cheap. And then because of shadow work, I was like, pause, Bonnie, why is that triggering you? I'm like, oh, because everyone used to make fun of my my dad and say that he was cheap and 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 that that hurts my feelings. And so I've tried really hard to not be cheap. And so when you call me that, that triggers me. 
And it made me do some inner work for a moment. And I'm like, yeah, but in what ways are you cheap? And I was like, oh, okay, I can see it now. I can see it now. And so my grandmother called out something that was my shadow, right? It was a, a shadow trait. I'm not always cheap, but it's there. Just like if someone were to call me a bitch, the first time that I whooped the girl, no, that's not the first time. One time when I beat a girl up in high school, it's because she called me a bitch in front of everybody. She was saying all kinds of just not true things about me, but when she said that word, it triggered me. And so be aware of things that trigger you because that means that there's a piece of you that you're not owning and that you're not accepting. And until you own it and until you accept it, you are going to always be triggered by someone saying something or them bringing it up or them shining light on it. And so if you want to be like bulletproof as fuck in whatever it is that you are doing, this is counterintuitive shadow work, right? You need to embrace that thing. Now, I know that I teach affirmations, which are great for, for subconscious and subliminal like rewiring. That's, that's on a different level. And also with that, there's more to just saying I'm happy or I'm skinny or I'm wealthy. Like it needs to be strategic affirmations. Otherwise your brain is just going to like block that shit because they know it's not true. But when it comes to facing your shadow and traits of yourself that you have not accepted, it will always trigger you. For example, if someone were to call me ugly, um, it would not trigger me because I don't think that I'm ugly. And like, I, there were times in my life where I did feel like I was ugly when my tooth was messed up and I was overweight, this is not, but like, I love myself every stage of it. And so that's not gonna be the one to trigger me. If someone were to, uh, a few weeks ago, however, I've been working with this particular word. If someone were to call me a failure a few weeks ago, now that, that would trigger me because there are pieces of me that have felt like a failure in multiple stages of my life. And so I had to sit in that shit and deal with it for several weeks and process how have I failed in my life before? Okay, several times. And what do I know about failure, Bonnie? That failure is a roadmap to the success, the same things I tell my clients. Okay, Bonnie. So is it okay to be a failure? It's more okay to be a failure because you fail your way to success. People that don't fail, don't try. And I definitely don't want to be like those people that don't try. So now if someone calls me a failure, I don't fucking care because I've dealt with that emotion. So tip number two, which is remember your shadows, is that when people say things to you and it triggers you, that's not like, that's not their fault. That's on you to go and heal because there's a number of things that people could say to you that probably wouldn't trigger you at all. But if they say that one thing, it does. And in order for you to be bulletproof in whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, again, I know that I have life coaching clients on here. I have aspiring business owners and I also have people on their weight loss journey. That's what Mind and Body LLC is all about. Personal development for women in all stages of their journey. And most people start out with me in their weight loss journey. And then the longer we work together, we start creating new goals for themselves. Shameless plug back to the, to the live. All right. So remember that whatever they say to you doesn't fucking matter, but if it does, it's because it's a piece of you that you haven't accepted yet. And in order to move forward, you're going to have to sit what I just told you about with the failure exercise, do that with words or phrases that trigger you so that when they do get thrown at you in the future, you don't just like, oh, I, I knew I couldn't do this. I'm going to go, you know, like how we do, especially as ladies, like we get in our feelings and we just explode and we're like, I knew I couldn't do this. Ah! No, it's not that you couldn't do it. It's just that like sometimes shit is hard and sometimes people talk shit and you should be anticipating that. All right. Tip number three. 
last tip for how to not give a fuck about other people's opinions is to remember also, especially with family, that every negative action has a positive intention. So I'm going to start with you and then I will take one of your family members. So you. This morning, I had a coaching call with a client. She's a long-term client. She's gone through nursing school. I love her so much. And she has recently gained some weight back. We downgraded in the beginning of this year. I decided I wasn't going to take any more one-on-one fitness coaching clients while I launched a a course. And now I am taking one-on-one fitness coaching clients again. But nonetheless, we downgraded from one-on-one to something a little less monitored and in that time, she's gained 10 pounds back, which makes it clear that we she probably needs a little bit more accountability than that. And we pinpointed the areas where uh, she was falling off and it had a lot to do with stress and sleep and all of these other things. But the biggest thing, and I love this, she goes, Bonnie, I really want to focus on weight loss. And I know that, you know, I know, can you just give me weight loss workouts this time around? And I was like, baby, there's no such thing as like a weight loss workout. Like whether I'm giving you workouts that are going to make your physique look pretty or whatever, either way, the real determining factor is what you eat. And she's like, yeah, that's my issue is I stress eat and I will sit on the couch when I'm sad and I will eat mindlessly, even if I'm already full. And so I asked her, what are you feeling when you're eating? Like what what drives you to eat? Are you bored? What emotion are you trying to suppress or what what are you trying to leave? You know, like what is the emotion that has triggered you to go to a juvenile? And I'm sorry, ladies, but it is a very adolescent, not even adolescent, but childlike source of comfort. And I've said this to clients before. I'm going to come back to her in a minute, but I don't know who needs to hear this. But if your only way of soothing yourself is food, that means that you have the emotional capacity of a toddler. What? Yeah, no, because toddlers and children, they experience strong emotions just like us, but they don't know how to process them. They know how to cry. They know how to throw a temper tantrum and they know how to eat. And so if you as a grown woman, the only way that you know how to soothe yourself is to put food in your mouth. I need you to imagine yourself as a baby while you're doing it. I'm a toddler. I don't know what else to do with my feelings besides eating them. Trigger warning, I'm not a therapist. So if you are suffering with eating disorders, and I usually say this in the beginning, I'm not talking to you. I would love for you to look into working with a licensed therapist or someone who can help you with that. As a life coach, I help people who are ready to move from a stuck place and reach their goals. So I'm gonna be a little blunt from time to time. And that's a very blunt statement. If coping, and it's not just food, it's anything. If you're Only way to handle your stressful uh, emotions and situations is to turn to a substance. I don't care if it's weed or if it's alcohol. That means that your level of coping, like, is it's it's very immature and not like to throw shade, but like it means it can be matured and it can be developed. Okay, so keep that in your head. Like, you don't have a weight problem for the most part. You may have a problem with managing your stress and coping mechanisms. So that's what you want to focus on. So anywho, back to my client. I asked her, what are you feeling that you need to do this? And we finally, she's like, I don't know. I just, I don't even think about it. I just do it. And after I kept prodding and prodding, because that's what I do, finally, we came up with, Oh, I'm really stressed. And as I'm eating, I'm blocking out all of the stressful things that I have to do. And I was like, boom, so you're stressed. You don't want to eat, but your body, since it was a baby, knows that eating is a way of soothing. So that's what you do. I'm like, so now let's think about ways that we can actually tackle the issue, which is the stress. How do you relax? 
And after poking and prodding some more, we realized that as a busy mom and a wife and a student and an employee, she doesn't have time to de-stress and she never thinks about herself. So I'm like, you will lose a fuck ton of weight much more rapidly when you start to not just self-care and go get your nails done and your hair done, but self-care as in like you're a human being and you are always in a state of stress. And so, of course, you want to sit on the couch and not think about anything and eat and feel comforted. So let's set up a plan for how we can be proactive with our stress versus reactive. And so the point of that long ass story and that lesson on um, exercise, nutrition and, and, and biology, if you will, is that every negative action has a positive intention. So this negative action that she had, which was eating all this food, had a positive intention. She wanted to comfort herself. She wanted to soothe herself. But we needed to upgrade her her mode. And so, Bonnie, what does this have to do with not giving a fuck about other people's opinions? Well, I said I was going to start by with you, something relatable. And hopefully, even if you don't have a overeating problem, you can see ways that you do destructive behaviors to soothe yourself. We are all literally just doing the best we can with what we have. And if those are the only coping mechanisms that you have, then that makes sense why you would go to them much more easily than the new coping mechanisms that you are probably trying to learn. It's going to take some time and some intention, but most of all, awareness around the behavior. So Bonnie, what does this have to do with other people? Well, when your grandmother says that you should just stay in school and not pursue your degree. When your father, these are all things I've heard clients, uh, relatives tell them. When your father says, oh, you're going to try to lose weight again, I'll believe it when I see it. When your family members, or I'm going to say family because when your family members say these hurtful things to you, this is a negative action that honestly, deep down inside has a positive intention. What's the positive intention? Well, if your grandmother, who grew up in a time where women did not get to hop on the internet and cuss up a storm and speak their minds and start businesses and become CEOs and manifest the life of their dreams and go empowering other people, especially if your grandmother is a woman of color, if these women grew up in a time like that where this is not allowed, Them telling you to play it safe, to go marry, don't start your own business, don't do your own thing. This is a very positive intention. They're trying to protect you. They can't wrap their mind around what it is that you're doing. And so they're really just trying to protect you. To the father that told my client that she wasn't going to be able to lose any weight or that he'd believe it when she's seen it. Well, everyone in her family was dealing with health issues and she was the first person to step up and start taking control of her health and their family. Soda and candy and all that shit. They don't even have in my house. Like this is the most soda thing in my house. It's some Sam's Club peach nectar. So good. It's, um, it's water, sparkling water, right? Um, what else do I not have in the house? Like we have, we have food, like we have tortilla chips. What are those things called? Yeah. Tortilla chips for salsa. We've got like uh, pretzels. Uh, we even have cheeses, but like, I just, I don't buy potato chips unless there's a party. I don't buy those things. That's not a part of my life anymore. And when I was explaining that to her, she was like, wow, like y'all don't have soda in your house. I'm like, fuck no. Uh, she's like, you don't have potato chips and candy. I'm like, there's a bag of Sour Patch Kids that my kids get me every year for Mother's Day. And it will last me a year because I fucked my teeth up so bad. We don't do that shit anymore. Nonetheless, for her, this was a whole new world. She's the only person in her family to do this. 
And because they have started, you know, those bullshit diets probably before, like, you know, the quick fixes and the stuff that don't last, her dad saw her investing to work with me as a waste of time and money because he he was trying to save his daughter money. He was trying to save her the embarrassment. He was trying to save her from feeling like a failure. So even though the way that he did it was really shitty, he had a positive intention. And so I'm telling you this because you're going to have family members that are going to have things to say. And what I need you to understand is the words that I said in the very beginning of this live about my vision and my dream. You have a vision and you have a dream. You have a goal for yourself. You have desires. You have things that you want to accomplish. And they are only like most known to you and God. They're only most known to you in the universe because you know why? The word desire, when you break it down, means of God, desire. And sire in Latin could be translated or uh, not the word translated. What am I looking for? Sire, king, lord. So when you think about the word desire, it literally means of God. So we have these desires on our heart and they are divinely inspired. Where the Okay, if you don't believe in God, the universe has put that desire in your heart for a reason. Because if you pursue it, you will be happier. And when you are happier, other people around you are happier. And we all make the world a better place when we are pursuing the desires of our heart because now we feel fulfilled and now we are happy and we're full of love and grace and peace and patience and all those wonderful traits that you get to have when you are living authentically and in alignment. But what happens more often than not is that we get stuck not only in our own heads, but we let other people get in our head. And we let other people talk us out of the things that we know that we want most. We let people get in our head and talk us out of like passions that we are certain about until they started putting doubt in our heads. And now we're like, we're second guessing ourselves. Is that what I really want to do? Is that, is that what I should do? Did I make the right choice? Should I not do this? Should, and, and now, and now you don't take action and now you're not doing the things that you want. And guess what? Now you're just as bitter as they are. And the next time you see someone that's in your shoes, ready to do something, big and make a big change in their life, you're going to speak over them the same way that people spoke over you. And now do you see how the whole world gets affected because we listen to other people's fucking opinions that don't matter? So those are my three tips to how to stop giving a fuck about people is to realize that you make the world a better place when you, when you do the things that are on your heart. You make the world a better place when you show up as who you were created to be, not who people think that you should be. I spent my entire life trying to like conform to what everybody else thought Bonnie should be and always listening and always changing. Oh, you don't like this? Okay, I'll change this. Okay, you don't like this? Okay, I'll, um, and then just constantly um, evolving in the worst way to try to be what other people who don't even do the things that they wanna do. I'm taking advice from someone who's not happy in their life, right? You wouldn't be, if someone was like, you know, eating like shit and not really caring about their body and they come up and they tell you the latest diet trend and how to exercise and lose weight, you're going to look at them like, okay, thanks, right? You see a doctor on the side of the building smoking a cigarette and like, you know, eating a bag of chips and drinking a Coke. You're going to look at him like, wow, he really takes this seriously, don't he? So why the fuck when people who are not living a life that when you look at it, you're like, oh, wow, that actually works. That looks good. Why are you listening to them? And I'll take it a step further and challenge you. Even if they are, this is hard. This is hard. There are people in my life who are doing way better than me or further along than me. And they've given me advice that I had to take it with a grain of salt. 
because they can only see through their eyes. They can only see through their lens where we can all only see life through our own lens and through our own perception and through our own experiences. And so you've got people who are speaking into your life that, again, they don't see your vision. They don't understand your passion. They don't understand why it's important to you to to pursue this, this journey. And it's not your job to explain it to them. Your job is to convince yourself that it's possible and that you're going to do it come hell or high water. That's it. So, guys, I hope that you got some value from today. If you did, drop your key takeaway in the comments. If you did get value from this today, do me a favor and tag a friend, share it with a friend, with someone that needs to hear this. If you are listening to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes, do me a favor, write a review. That would just make my mother trucking day to hear that this podcast, that my my uh, my baby is actually impacting and making a difference in the world. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I love you. I believe in you. And if you're a girl listening to this girl, go get your life.